0: Wee wee, don't tell me you're at Mountain Lakes with all of your friends. Wee wee, don't tell me you're gonna start talking about craft beer again. We're cracking wise on random craft beer news. Hanging out with brewers, owners, and monsters doing interviews. It's a wee wee show, so wee wee show, so wee wee show, so wee wee
1: show.
2: from the brew house stage at mountain lakes brewing company in downtown spokane washington this is wheat wheat don't tell me spokane's craft beer live audience show and podcast you know when i was growing up chris my two best friends were also named dave we used to do everything together i mean i look back and i think man those were the good old daves I'm Dave Basaraba, and here is your host, Chris Sindrick.
0: Thank you, Dave. Thank you, everybody. Boy, do we have an ironclad show for you tonight. Yes, we have Greg Brant, Colin Kirk Patterson, and Eric Altman from Spokane's very own Iron Goat Brewing as our special guest tonight. Welcome, gentlemen.
3: Hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having us.
0: And as always, I am joined by Dave Robin and Tim Hilton of Mountain Lakes Brewing Company. Hey, what's the latest news from Mountain Lakes Brewing and the Spokane craft beer scene? Well, I guess um, most recently we did a collab with Inland Ale Works
2: from Mountain Cheney. Uh, checked out some of their beers, really liked them, and uh, decided to
1: do a Mexican lager together. So we've got that in the fermenter. And uh, what else, Tim? You know, I, I, I counted the other day. We have five beers coming out. We have... Uh... Our two St. Patrick's Day beers are, are uh, oh, yeah. Golden and a, and a Stout, which we're excited about. And, uh, yeah, as you said, the, the Mexican Pills with uh, Inland Airworks. We've got, oh, another collab. We're doing, our, I think, our fourth or fifth rendition of uh, a Hazy with uh, Bellwether and uh, Grain Shed, uh, which is our walled-off beer. And off the wall now. Off Sorry, off, off the, the wall. wall. Sorry, I'm so behind the times. Trademark. We trademarked, trademark. Trademark yeah. that. Yep.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's good. Well, and with those convergence, you know, happening with, uh, we talked about sponsorship with Skechers. Uh, you know, with you guys. Uh, yeah. If 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 Monster can get in the game, why can't Skechers? Maybe
1: you should get with Vans.
2: We we have we, we Vans now, off the wall.
1: We're now a yeah. shoe store yeah. that also sells beer. Right. I think there was a Michael Jackson album off the wall as well. Oh. I think so. yeah. That's Would bad. that
4: guys but, connect you with Simon and Shoe Store? Simon and Schuster? Oh,
2: yeah. I've been there. <laughs> Jeez. Which Whoa. one of us has to change our name to
0: Simon wow. now? <laughs> Little preview of the night from Greg there. This is going to be good. It's I'm excited. Really good. He's already feeling the groove. I'm just upset
1: because his dad jokes are of a higher caliber. Usually, usually the guests don't talk in this segment. <laughs> <laughs> don't steal Tim's thunder. <laughs> this is my time to talk about my brewery. Speaking of Buzzsaw McThunder.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Buzzkill McThunder, maybe. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Well, to start
0: uh, start the show, we like to ask important people who work in the craft beer industry questions about what they do and how they do it. It's called Not My Beer. Please welcome Not My Beer guests from Spokane's beloved Iron Goat Brewing, Greg Brandt, Colin Patterson, and Eric Altman.
3: Thank you.
0: Welcome, gentlemen. It is so good to have you on the show. So, uh... The story of Iron Goat Brewing literally begins with the line, two homebrewers walk into a bar, literally. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that meeting and the journey since to give us some background on Iron Goat. Sure. Uh, So uh, I had been brewing quite
4: a long time, homebrewing, and uh, I uh, decided that it was a good time to maybe start meeting other homebrewers. Uh, And there was a place here in town called Jones Radiator, uh, which is now Community Pint, which is awesome. Uh, Shout out to them. Uh, And uh, anyways, uh, showed up at a homebrewers meeting, and uh, uh, another guy was there named Paul, and he and I uh, started talking. We were both in IT business. And hated our jobs because it was soul-sucking and terrible. Uh, and uh, we were saying, hey, we should start a brewery. And uh, so we're like, cool, we'll go home and ask our wives if that's okay. And uh, to our surprise, they were like, uh, yeah, yeah, you should start that. So so we did. And uh, a few years ago, Paul passed away, uh, which was not good at all Uh, but uh, we've kept it going and I've got uh, a new cast of crew here that are really awesome and they're really doing a great job for me and uh, yeah I mean the rest is kind of history we're
0: getting getting ready to celebrate 10 years so Um, so then uh, you're this is your second uh, location right so uh, the first location that was you you weren't there how long Uh, uh boy i think five years ish right and then came to this and this what was the location you are at now prior to you turning it into the brewery so it's been a lot
4: of things it it's uh it started off as a truck transport company which uh came here in the early 20s uh and teens uh it then soon became the modern school of uh Automobile and tractor repair, and then it was like Chrysler dealership, uh, Midas uh, Jones Automotive. It's it's been a lot of things. Oh, nice. Uh, when we got it, it was
0: uh, all boarded up, and it was just an eyesore. <laughs> Well, you've done an amazing job. It's, um, I love going there because the, the atmosphere is just great and wonderful. It's like coming here to Mountain Lakes. It's a comfortable place to drink beer, which just enhances the experience. So well done. Thank kudos you. to that. You know, you talked earlier just a bit ago about, um, you know, you, you've had different staff come through. You brought two people with you tonight, which is great, Colin and, and Eric. So, hey, guys, why don't you tell us a little bit about how long you've worked at
3: Iron Goat and uh, kind of what are your roles? What do you do? Uh, so, I've been at Iron Go for about four years now. I've, I got my start at Rising Tide back in Portland, Maine, and started as a uh, packaging assistant doing a lot of, uh, lot of keg washing, and uh, over the course of three or four years, worked my way up and became a production brewer, moved out here about six, six years ago now.
1: What's the difference between a packager and a packaging assistant?
3: The title, more (laughs) or less. (laughs) And and probably the pay rate. I see.
5: Yeah, so uh, my name is Colin, and um, I actually came from a different end of the industry uh, in the beginning, and I've only been with Iron Goat for just over six months now. Um, It's been an amazing six months, and I'm happy to be back here in Spokane. I grew up in Chula, if anyone knows that super small town. Um, but yeah, so I came from the winemaking side of things uh, and had been doing that after university for some time. And then we moved back up to Spokane. And uh, my good friend Patrick at Quartzite Brewing Co., check it out. Nice. Uh, he told me that Iron Goat was hiring a brewer. And I was like, oh, cool. So I'll apply. And next thing you know, I got a call from Greg and you know, the rest is history now. So it's been a really fun experience to switch up fermentation and, you know, keep it cool. And making beer is just, it's been so much fun
4: with Iron Goat. So, little, little different story, hiring wise, uh, for Eric. <laughs> uh,
5: I only applied little.
4: three times. <laughs> <laughs> the last resume was the one I got.
0: Third time's a charm, though, right?
4: <laughs> Apparently.
0: <laughs> well, tenacity, right?
4: You know, yeah. you, you know, don't give up. I, w- I would like yeah. to say that uh, these two guys are the best hires I've ever done. I mean, way better than any of my prior employees that are no longer with us, Oh, <laughs> at least at my company. Which is a significant and number
0: of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people like Adam
4: Boyd. Oh, right. I really, have noticed, I really have noticed the quality increase in like the last six yeah, to nine it, months. It really has. Yeah. It, it was pretty subpar before when we had Adam. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, Adam. Who? Yeah. And I'm not really sure know, I where, where Adam landed. Yeah, I think he's maybe he's
2: back in, in film. I, I heard he's in prison. Is he in prison? Yeah. He also
1: had Rachel uh, there as well for the We Amplified. did. We did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whoever she, that was. She was I terrible as made... yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. She
0: I heard he's a
5: full-time buzzsaw now. So. Yeah. I don't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, and Adam couldn't even spell. Really, really he took off. You, Adam thought you spelled work. W e r k. Yeah, yeah so yeah. he was not it's the brightest guy. No, well that was why they let this him is go. This is where His, I work. English. His English was a
4: yeah. problem. So. Well, I mean, he was a film guy. So, yes, yeah,
3: this is I mean, true. Yeah. This,
0: this all kind of flows into my next question. We're talking about how is that even possible? It does. It actually fits. It actually fits, and you'll see that you know Iron Grove, You've been around long enough now to have a number of people come and go uh, on staff with the brewery. And the um, question is, how many are on a
1: registry? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, Can you talk to us about that? Tell us a little bit about your role in in, in education and mentorship and the balance between maintaining staff while also helping folks get to where they need to be next. Well,
4: I mean, so education has always been a really big part of brewing for me. Uh, I think it's super important to, I mean, there's no way anybody is going to learn Thing about brewing in their lifetime, it just isn't possible. Uh, there's too many sciences that uh, overlap and are involved, uh, and so I would say, like you know, some of the diversity of bringing in people from different you know fields, like like Colin here, you know, bringing them in from the wine world, uh, fermentation science world. Uh, I mean, it's uh, go Cougs. Yeah,
2: you you're a WSU fan? That's where I graduated from. Oh, gra- yeah. He
0: was saying, were oh. you in viticulture? Did you do? Yeah, I was, oh. uh, well,
5: it was food fermentation science, actually. And then I minored in viticulture andology. Nice.
2: My teenage kids are in food fermentation science, too. It's in our refrigerator. Yeah,
5: yeah that's great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Step one, buy a mini fridge. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Put it in your room. Yeah. Don't ask, Dad. <laughs> so where'd, uh, where'd that hummus go? I don't know.
4: <laughs> So, you know, uh, bringing in some diversity is always good. Bringing in people that, you know, uh, it sounds dumb, uh, but uh, bringing in people that don't necessarily want to stay at your place and they have higher ambitions, I think is always important. And it's it's super important to uh, nurture that and to support it. Uh, because, honestly, Spokane, if we're going to be... Uh, the next Bend, Oregon, or someplace like that. We need a pool of talent, which, you know, we were an emerging industry in this town that hadn't really been around since prior to uh, Prohibition. Uh, So it's really important to encourage people to advance and move forward and and, uh, get better at the craft and the skill, And then eventually we can get to a point where uh, we have a pool of people, a pool of breweries that we can share knowledge and and develop things in a in a in a much better way. I uh, I I think, uh, you know, speaking of Adam, uh, obviously he sucks, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Boyd. (laughs) We love you, Adam. Adam's awesome. I'll edit uh, that out super happy for him and and uh, opened up garland brew works even though he can't spell uh, the uh, uh, <laughs> but you know I mean just that that whole thing you know like talking about Rachel she was you know over uh, got an opportunity to be a head brewer again because she was a head brewer before uh, uh, another opportunity to be a head brewer at TT she's done very well there and then they've opened up the com- er, purchased community pint. They're doing very well there. I mean, I think I think it's really great for Spokane Brew scene that uh, things are exponentially growing, and I, I hope I can be a little, tiny little part of that to help you know encourage and support the growth that we, we really need in this town. Right,
0: yeah. And so then, uh, Eric and Colin, how does that feel? Like, knowing that, you know, Greg's sitting there saying, hey, I'm, I'm here to support you. Uh you know, and wherever you want to go, whatever you want to be, how does that uh, change your, uh, you know, your concept about working at Iron Goat? Well, for me, it's
5: really great just because, I mean, in the wine world, things are, I mean, a little hush-hush usually when it comes to most places because they like to keep their little secrets to themselves. And, you know, that's one thing I really appreciate about brewing and also specifically just working under Greg. He's just, he's helped me a lot, you know, more so with larger systems because, you know, doing homebrewing, nowhere near the same as this 15 barrel system that I work with every day. So, um, but yeah, it's just, it's really cool to have, you know, we all just kind of geek out and we love beer and it's it's really collaborative and that's why I really love that. How about you,
3: Ed? Um So, it was just really awesome when I started, all three of the production employees are now head brewers at their own places. Whoa. So, that's that's just a really it speaks to the environment in iron goat that he's just very encouraging he's Mm -hmm. very supportive and in our personal growth and very sarcastic (laughs) but very supportive of our personal growth even even if it comes at the sacrifice of losing wonderful employees yeah
4: which I have not experienced yet.
1: So. No. no. Uh, Eric, you're not, you're not bitter that it was uh, the third time you had to apply that you got hired? I mean, I'd probably be bitter about that till I, till I quit. I want to know
2: more about this story. Did you just not get his resume? Did it not make it to you? I never got the resume.
4: In yeah. fact... That's what I tell people, too. So, in fact, the, the <laughs> resume actually made it to me. Oh, okay. And the third one... And
3: within how long? It was 15 minutes after I dropped it. I was a block and a half away when I got a phone call, and I had been here for two and a half years.
1: Oh, don't ever take that job. If you get a call within 15
3: minutes, yeah. (laughs) And if the first
1: question
4: question is, can you work a mop?
6: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hear the kitchen tiring. I looked
4: at his resume, and I'm like, holy shit, you know? Oh, can I say that on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. it's, it's explicit.
0: Yeah. It drives the ratings. It's, I can't believe we oh, waited this see. long till we had that. Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? Right. Yeah. We're gonna have to drop some f bombs like <laughs> early yeah. in the edit. The ratings are welcome go to the, the fucking high. show. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so no, actually, I saw it and I was like, "Holy shit!" Riding, you know, Holy rising, shit. He's rising never been tide. To jail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was weird. So I was like, called him right away. I'm like, "Dude, when can you start?" He listed six breweries <laughs> of beer that he had tasted.
3: <laughs> and my favorite was this one right <laughs> top tier resume <laughs> exactly pulse <laughs> 62 beats per minute you're hired you're hired right. yeah, I love you cool <laughs> that's pretty good that's, that's not a bad that's really good resting hurry thank we'll you <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah was that supposed to be resting hurry <laughs> oh, oh wow yeah, yeah. um
0: so you've done a number of collaborations uh, with other breweries. Uh, tell us a little bit about them and you know, what have you done recently and, and d- what do you have coming up that you'd like to share with us? And any, this is for any of you that have been on production.
4: Uh, yeah, probably nothing on that one.
0: <laughs> no, no collabs? I... <laughs> Secrets, man.
2: He the uh, he, doesn't let anyone, he doesn't let anyone see his brewery. That, that one that you can see through the windows, that is just That's for show. They That's built, a picture. They, yeah, they built that just to look like a
0: normal brewery, right. and then yeah, no one's allowed. <laughs> no one's a, I went in and asked, can I see your brewery? And he brought me over the little model that they have, and yeah, oh, like, yeah. Oh, there you go. Right and yeah. there it yeah, is. See? It's That's right, me. right here. That little action is
1: going to like me. <laughs> you are here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chris, did you, did you try the Mountain Lakes uh, Iron Goat collab? I did. It was so good. The Mountain Goat?
3: Yep.
1: Mm-mm
0: yeah it was a bit
1: horse blankety for me but yeah i love it that, actually that's it didn't happen i was yeah. gonna say because they uh, never freaking invited us to do it oh, what the hell guys man. well
2: we we did a collab with them but i just filled up a few growlers and then poured it in a keg over here and we blended it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not a collab if we steal their keg we call and it the sell head, it as ours yeah we called it the head up your butt ipa
4: <laughs>
3: did it improve your beer
4: Absolutely. (laughs) I'm not fooling around here. So we, we, you know, we used to do quite a few collaborations. We've done, we've done some collaborations with, uh, breweries that were surprisingly, they agreed to it that were, you know, larger breweries, you know, from all over. Uh, and those, those are, I, I, entertaining and fun. Uh, you always learn something, uh, at all the collaborations, and we've done some, you know, with uh, breweries smaller than us, same size, larger, and I've learned something every single time uh, from from the other brewers. Like, I don't mean, do it with people smaller than us. Exactly. <laughs> uh, a, a big part of it was, is, you know, uh, you know, when you approached me about it, uh, I had learned my lesson, you know, already with other breweries that were your size. Uh, that it was not a good idea, but... Just
5: no. coming up a little short? No, just yeah. kidding. It was, honestly, it understood. honestly... He was like, I just
2: don't understand, like, your volumes. Like, less than a hectoliter...
5: Yeah you, yeah, you work in uh, Imperial. We're all metric, baby. Yeah, yeah you know, we're metric in, yeah.
2: Specific yeah. gravity, I'm in Play-Doh, bro. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> sorry, so,
1: we don't get it. We've so. spilled more beer than you make in a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
4: That's honestly not true. We're not, we're honestly not that big. I mean, we, It's it It seems like we are to folks, but honestly, we're not. Uh, we have a... Our system is 20 hectoliter, which is about what is it, 16 something barrels? Yeah. Uh,
3: Just over 16, I think.
4: Yeah. And uh, but our as far as our annual production, we're not, you know, super huge. Honestly, uh, if I were to go back in time and have a time machine, that I would have known what was going to happen. I probably would not have, have changed out our system from the 10 hack to the 20, uh, mostly because you have a uh, variety is difficult because you are, uh, you're, you know, that's 64 kegs, you know, and, and that that's a lot of beer to, to turn out, especially then when COVID hit and uh, keg sales just bottomed out. You know, there's no restaurants or bars open. So no place to sell your kegs, really, and other than your own tap room. And then that's limited as well, which nothing against what occurred or whatever, you know. But uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, it, it's limiting, you know. With size comes some pain. And honestly, when we were on the smaller system, it was... Easier to, you know, do a year of the goat like we did at our old place. If you guys remember that, we had fifty-two beers, one new beer a week, week, and I'll never do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they were all garbage. They were
2: horrible. I I was like, "This is garbage goat. That's garbage goat. goat. That's garbage."
0: (laughs) There's a a theme here. That was it. That's what they called them: garbage goat one, garbage goat two,
1: garbage goat fifty-three was yeah. really good.
4: Yeah. yeah. This is oh, wait. disgusting. Was a popular to one <laughs> too. So. Uh,
1: I chased a beer there with Dave once. I was like this one's pretty good and Dave's like that's cuz I poured no lie in that cup. I was like I tricked <laughs> him. I tricked him. Yeah. 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 Terrible. Yeah. Hey,
0: yeah. Uh, bringing up the garbage goat, I just have to th- ask. Uh, so what else what other landmarks were in the running? When you and Paul were sitting down, kind of naming the brewery, did you have other ones that like almost made it? Were you almost like the Pavilion Brewing or uh, Red Wagon Brewing? Yeah, Radio Red fire. Flyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pavillon. Uh, Dumpster
4: Fire was in the mix. Uh, oh, oh, we we thought about that one too. That went across ours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's uh, it was already taken, yep. unfortunately. But uh, no, we had uh, so in our old location, we were in the S- somewhat close to the Iron Bridge area, and so we were going to call it Iron Bridge.
2: I like that one better.
4: Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, in fact, uh, we're thinking about changing it to that. <laughs> Total rebrand. Totally. It'd be easy. Totally. Nobody even oh, yeah. knows the goat. Right? <laughs> we uh, actually, there's a brewery in uh, Great Britain that was already called Iron Bridge. Which wouldn't have mattered, but they were exporting into the United States. And so then Paul was driving, and apparently it came to him, and he was like, he goes, how about Iron Goat, you know, the garbage goat? Um, and so we checked trademark. around. Trademark. Saw nothing. Sounds
3: delicious.
4: Yes. So we ended up uh, going with that, and it wasn't long after that uh, I got an email from uh, Iron Horse that was like, where did you come up with your name? And I was like, "Uh, because there's this garbage goat in the park. Why? And they're like, well, you know, we we will defend this name if if it becomes a brand confusion. And I'm like, Okay.
2: If people are confused between a horse and a goat, then... Yeah,
4: I... Exactly. You need so. to spend
2: more time out of the house. Bring it...
1: No, I, A little I less a question, time advantage. The, the iron goat... Um, not to state the obvious, but... The iron goat sucks. It, it, does. Does. it does. It does. It sucks real hard. Every day. Yeah.
4: It
2: does. No, not every day. Some days it's broken down. That's like, true. You go down there and
1: you hit the button here. Somebody, oh,
0: somebody but put it an mostly sucks. Yeah. It
1: sucks, yeah. Well, yeah. And
0: it's good you didn't do the Iron Bridge because you talked about you know the brewery in, in England, and you know the London Bridge Brewery is falling, falling down. down. <laughs> uh, so you have a, uh, a sour program, and you've spent a significant amount of time creating that. So uh, how did you get turned on to sours, and can you give us an overview of what it takes to... Uh, brew quality sours. Are you the only brewery in town with a fooder? Or real fooder? We have three. Uh, I
2: don't know. You have three? You're just showing off three. now, bro. Three.
0: Take Jeez. that. So then we'll get to that, describing a fooder, because you also have a cool ship, right? We do. Yeah. We do. We, so have, let, an o- we have an awesome ship. Yeah. <laughs> ours, okay. is, ours is better. Ours
4: is just
2: cool. Talk, <laughs>
0: talk a little bit about um, how you got into sours, and then if you can go into talking a little bit about production and what it takes...
4: Um, so, uh, honestly, sour beer, uh, lambic Scuse, uh, those are beers that, uh, I mean, that's what honestly drives me to brew. I mean, that's what I want to brew all the time, but unfortunately, not unfortunately, but just the more popular styles are going to be your IPAs, your pails, that kind of stuff. And, uh. Uh, you should probably write this down, Dave. IPA is the popular beer. I, how does he I, pronounce it? IPA. <laughs> IPA. IPA. Is it French? IPA. IPA. There's no, there's no little.
0: There was a show. Was there called, might be
4: a tick IPA. at the IPA. end. IPA. IPA. Remember there's a t, t at the
0: end. Remember the old Tom Selleck yes. show? Yes. Uh, Magnum IPA. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> That's how uh, I remember it. Uh, I just love how we were
2: still laughing at ourselves, and you slid that Magnum PI joke in.
4: <laughs> Magnum IPA. <laughs> Magnum IPA. Yeah.
2: Higgins uh, get the chopper.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we're going up to the cool ship. Right, sorry. Yeah, maybe they should take the cool ship. You're right. Yeah. All right, sorry. Sorry. Uh, so uh I thought this was gonna be the worst show.
1: It's gonna be the best. <laughs> <laughs> if you
0: like sarcasm and dry wit. Uh, you love just this wait. Show. You just wait. You guys are so
1: stupid. It was not Higgins who had the chopper, it was T C. Oh my oh, bad, Jesus my bad.
4: Oh oh yeah. Sorry. yeah,
1: come on. So
4: uh yeah, so I've been a big fan of sour beers for some time, and uh, that was the goal was to get in to doing that, you know, method goose uh, and, uh, it's, uh, we started it at the old place just by inoculating some barrels. Uh, we called them mom and dad, uh, and mom and dad still exist today in bottles. Uh, it was our first culture that we put in. Uh, we then since uh, when we moved to the new place, uh, we got some different cultures that we were able to use. Sometimes, like, uh getting uh, bottles from some of our favorite sour producers in like Belgium uh, we uh, have taken the dregs at the bottom of the bottles and grown them up to a uh, an- enough that we can inoculate a full batch um, but we like so we have a cool ship which is basically an open top vessel uh, that's on our roof and uh, so when we brew in we will pump it up to the roof into the vessel. And it has to be an overnight temperature of around 35, plus or minus. Uh, and, uh, and that's mostly to keep out some of the bad bacteria. We also drive the pH of the wort down. So it's inhabitable for most bacterias. Uh, uh, all of the bacterias that would be potentially dangerous are, are ruled out at that point. We put it in there. It sits overnight, which is basically the local microflora that's in the air that we all breathe drops into the wort and inoculates it, and then we bring that down with gravity into barrels, and then we let them ferment with those microorganisms that have naturally occurred in there. Uh, And a lot of that, like Colin was saying, has lactobacillus, which is a bacteria. It has uh, pediococcus and other bacteria. Uh, and then there's probably uh, a fair amount of uh, wild *Saccharomyces* and uh, britannomiases, yeast strains, that get in there. And the britannomiases is what gives that horse blanket kind of uh, aroma. F- the funk. The flavor. Yeah, the funk. And so then we let them ferment. They, it takes a couple of years to really get it to its full expectancy. Uh, We've also got some barrels that, like I said, we grew up some dregs, you know, the yeast at the bottom of the bottles that we got from various breweries in Belgium and Texas. Uh, There were wild programs, and we've grown those up, and we're now sending them off to a lab to be plated and cultured for us so that we have those to inoculate later, uh, all going into our sour program. Uh, the biggest problem with the sour program is it takes a long time. Uh, so, like if you were doing a uh, traditional method goose, you would have a three-year-old beer, a two-year-old beer, and a one-year-old beer that you're blending all together to create one, you know, flavor profile that is, you know, going to have intensity and you know, dynamics and. Uh, all kinds of depth to it. It's that, where the art comes in, right? How do you and, ma-
5: how do you maintain consistency
2: doing a pro- like that?
4: Oh, uh, we don't.
2: <laughs> Next <laughs> question. That's the fun part. <laughs> well, no, I was wondering because you find a sour that you love. I mean, and there are a few of them available now, uh, where year it's, after year the bottle is pretty consistently the same. And it is difficult, especially at our early stages right now. Founders uh, has that green zebra that. I mean, I've had candidates. Yeah, yeah you know
4: what? Fuck, fuck founders, all right? Okay, well. Let's, we're talking about us now, yeah. right? Shop's yeah, nobody.
3: <laughs> uh, and if it's all for shit. That's consistent, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, there you go. One of, the, one of the easiest ways to maintain consistency is volume, um, which is hard to maintain on our scale. If you're only doing a couple barrels at a time. Yep it makes it a lot more difficult to maintain that level of consistency. You can still put out a good product every time, but if you're doing a blend of a three year, a two year, and a one year, you have to not only make sure that you're making a good blend for that, but you also want to try to make sure that you have enough left to do that again next year.
2: That's the answer I was looking for. So Greg, if you could just turn
0: your mic off and go home. Tell us about your Dr. Brule program for your IPAs.
4: So uh, I'll tell you about the IPA first. Uh, the IPA is, we're using, uh, uh, it's not really experimental. It's it's out there for purchase. Uh, yeast strain that basically what it does is it breaks free bound thiols which are within the hops, which are your flavor and aroma that, so, like, if you had like the Cascade Hop, most people could say, "Oh, yeah, that's Cascade." Uh, you use this yeast, and it breaks free these bound thials that give you all kinds of different aromas and flavors that are not normal for Cascade. Uh, and so, uh, we naming any beer is is impossible because everyone's already named it that. And so we have to go with as much obscurity as possible. <laughs> and so uh there's uh John C. Riley had a little bit on what was it? Adult Swim. Uh, well, well it Eric, was
2: uh Eric Eric and, and oh Tim and Eric awesome show great Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
4: And uh so Dr. Brule was John C. Riley and he would bring on guests that didn't realize it was a spoof kind of thing, and uh, he would always mispronounce their name. And so we just basically, every beer name is, is the mispronounced version of guest names. So that's how we did it. And what are those names again? Priney the Elder. Oh, that would be good.
2: Uh, it's for John Prine, rest in peace.
4: Yes. Oh, so uh, go ahead, Colin,
5: Trademark, list that.
4: off the names that we have so far.
5: Yeah, so so far we have Dr. Jimmy Brungus, the first of the Doctor series, and the second is Dr. Dan Dongus, crowd favorite, <laughs> <clears throat> and then for the third Doctor is Dr. Jang Karengers.
0: Jang Karengers.
5: Yep. Are these from the show, or you're just making them up? No, no they're, they're from the show. They're mispronounced the show. names that he would say. Right. To these people, so think between two ferns. Yes, yes. And, and way less. Oh, I thought you were
2: doing mispronounced versions of famous beers.
6: No, no, this, but no that's this, a good these idea. are people nah, from the show. It was your idea. It was yeah. right. It was right
0: <laughs> um, from your pretzel to your pizza and burritos, Iron Goat has established itself not only as a great brewery but also a wonderful place to eat. How does the, how is the kitchen played into? Yeah, we're getting applause right here. Um, <laughs> How has the kitchen played into your success?
4: So the kitchen has been really good. Uh, I personally have written all the recipes, and I cook <laughs> everything that you eat. I I actually make it and deliver it to your table. Uh, so if you ever want to talk to me some more, just order some food. I'll come out. I look a little different there than I do here. Everyone looks the same with a mask on. I know, right? <laughs> uh no, we have a we have a fantastic kitchen. Uh, we actually have, so you know, a lot of kitchens have like a chef, you know, the head chef. We have two head chefs. So what do you guys uh, have? What's a chef? Yep, that's what yeah, I yeah, yeah. So we've got two. Have you seen our kitchen? Uh, is it the bathroom? Is it the popcorn machine? <laughs>
2: Ding, ding, ding. Greg, hit it on the... It's right there.
5: It smells like shit in
0: here. (laughs) Mr. Poppy. (laughs) Mr. Poppy. Get back to work. (laughs) A little quiet today there, Mr. Poppy. No, the the kitchen has...
4: I mean, we learned at our old location, we would bring in food trucks, uh, and we had the space that people could pull, you know, the trucks could pull in and stuff. But it it was... it was, uh, It was random, and so it... Wasn't super great for people that, you know, thought I'm going to go have dinner or whatever. And we found that having food really uh, makes it a a good experience for people. Uh, It keeps them there longer uh, so we can really extract as much money as we can (laughs) out of their wallets. Yeah, we usually just lock the door. Oh, and, and keep them inside.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, what what about um, you have a kitchen? So does, does uh, beer pairing come into play? Do you think about that? Like, hey, what are we putting on the menu? Or so what what affects what? Does the does the menu affect by what you have on tap, or is what you have on tap you know complement? How do, how do you work that with food pairing?
4: We do we do some pairings with the kitchen, uh, not a ton, not as much as I'd like. Um, the uh, uh, they do a good job of bringing the beers that we put out onto the menu. So they use it in, uh, like dressings and they braise it, you know, braise meats in some of it. And, uh, and they drink a lot of it. Mm. Uh, so, uh, with all that. Yeah. I mean, it, it does influence, I suppose the menu to a certain degree, but, uh, that's something that we've been talking about wanting to integrate more, uh, into our kitchen. And, uh, you know, uh, we're not going to change what we do in the brewery to support them whatsoever. So they're going to have to support us. Yeah, step
2: up. The brewery existed it. first. Yes. <laughs> Food
4: was a total new concept. I think it <laughs> says Iron Goat Brewing. Right, yeah. So
2: yeah, And that's why they slipped in that little menu item I realized last time I was in. It says, you know, you can buy the kitchen a beer. Yeah, yeah
4: clearly they feel underpaid. So... Uh,
1: Five dollars, you can buy them a beer. Ring yeah. the triangle, right? Yeah. yeah. It's all about the I, I will say this. Hey. Iron Goat was one of our go to's in the early days of COVID with your you had some great deals on pizza and beer. That was uh that was a cool thing. Yeah. And and then the burritos, which were yeah. Yeah.
0: Pizzas we, beer burrito and your pretzel with the, the you know pretzel. The, oh the, the your pretzel the god yeah. sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and the beer malt's cheese. on the side and
5: yeah yep. well, little bits of grain just, just for you. Good.
4: It was, you know, honestly, we had to really turn on a dime when everything happened. And uh, we got just an amazing staff. Our our crew is absolutely top-notch. And they were willing to do anything to just keep things rolling. You know, it's like, hey, I'm a server out in the bar. Oh, I'm going to be a delivery driver now. And cool, I'll do it, you know. And, and, yeah. That that
2: speaks to your... uh I don't know what's the word I'm thinking of, like uh, the way you manage people. Ignorance, you, yeah, you know. your ignorance, okay, yeah, yeah, mostly, yeah. No, but I was saying the culture, uh, your, of, philosophy. The culture, your yeah, philosophy, your culture, the culture of Iron Go. That speaks to the the, the idea that hey, this we're all kind of in this together, and we got to step up and do what we have to do to yeah. to make this work to survive. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. And and our customers. And that's amazing
2: because you're an asshole. I know. I don't <laughs> know.
3: Isn't that weird? <laughs> it is. It really is incredible how you can have both of those things.
0: <laughs> I
2: know. <laughs> right.
3: Well, Greg, Eric, and Colin, it has been
0: a true pleasure talking with you and learning your story and the exciting things happening at Iron Go Brewing. Thank you so much for joining us on Not My Beer. Uh, that wraps up the first part of our show. We'll now take a break and be back in a few with Greg, Colin, Eric, Tim, and Dave and an audience contestant for a little game we call Small Beer.
2: Welcome back to the Brew House stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. This is Wheat We don't tell me, Spokane's Craft Beer, Live Audience Show and Podcast. I'm Dave Basaraba, and once again, here is your host,
0: Chris Sindrick! Well, thank you, Dave and everybody, and now the game that tests your beer brain. It's called Small Beer. We've asked an audience member to step up to the challenge. Hello and welcome. Tell us your
6: name and a little bit about yourself. Hi everyone. My name is Logan. Uh, I'm from Oklahoma, and I guess a little fun fact. Anyway, fun fact: Am um, I helped uh, Mountain Lakes brew the pecans? What is it? The pecans. Pecans stop, stop.
2: Won't
0: stop. Won't stop.
6: Exactly. Oh, Now, how did that? How did that come about? So I was just uh, chilling in here one night after work, as you do, uh, reading my book. It was. Um, I don't remember what the book was, but anyway. A Tale of I, Two Cities. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something fancy and sophisticated, you know. Yeah. And then I, I asked him, I was like, hey, you guys want some, you know, help around here? Like, I don't know, cleaning dishes or something? And he was like, yeah, if you want to help Bruce, just like, uh, just give me your number and, you know, I'll, I'll give you mine. We'll, we'll figure something out. And I, I like, think what you actually okay. said, Logan, was you guys need some help, Beren. Beren.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome to the show, Logan. Here's what we're going to do at this point in the show. Dave is going to read three beer-related questions. If you can correctly answer two of the three questions, you will be a winner with free beer and a pint glass. Are you ready to play? And my
4: voice on your
0: voicemail. Yes. Oh. Yes. yes. Which we've never done.
2: We've never done, but we should totally we to- do. And you
6: will get Greg Brandt. To we be will there.
2: record this at the end.
6: Will you literally do that, Greg? Yeah, of course. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is almost as good as having Morgan Freeman. So thank you. Uh, I think it's great. Nope. This is just another attempt to poach
2: Logan from our assistant brewing squad.
6: <laughs> How were you hired? Well, they left
2: the voicemail. Yeah. Uh, no, he was my voice. Dave and Tim never did that shit for me.
4: <laughs> this guy hasn't even applied yet. He's, he's already hired. You got three resumes to go.
1: But... <laughs> it's the going rate. Now, Eric, doesn't it feel shitty to know it took three times to apply
3: and this guy's already been hired and hasn't applied? <laughs> Jesus. Sometimes it still burns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Logan,
0: in this segment of Small Beer, in recognition of Iron Goat Brewing, your questions will deal with iron in beer. Specifically, we are asking you questions related to iron in beer. Again, that's iron in beer. Are you ready to play? I hope so. All right, here is your first question. If you are a craft beer drinker and
2: lived in Washington long enough, chances are you've had yourself an Irish death or two from this Washington brewery. Is it A, black iron brewery, B, iron horse brewery, Or C. Old Ironside Brewery.
4: Little clue here they mentioned it earlier that they did not like our name.
6: My instincts and spider senses are telling me it's going to be B. Iron Horse. Is that right, Dave? Uh, you are correct. Yes, Ellensburg
0: finally proved it was good for something other than a wannabe regional college town with some
1: good beers from
0: Iron Horse <laughs> Brewery.
1: Go Eags. Hey, Chris, you ever go to Iron Boat Brewing? No. I uh, Didn't last long because it sank. Uh, oh. Not even going to hold up the applause uh, sign. Brian. Get it? Iron Boat? Like I got, you, got it. I got it. it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yes, you
0: replaced I, the G the, the G. With I the went e. to Iron Lung Brewing, but they were barely hanging on. They were like on life support. I mean, it was like, you know. Applause. <laughs> All right. We can,
1: right.
2: We can totally delete the answers. pregnant pause.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? What?
2: Oh, here is your second question. After taking a hike around the Flatirons, you may want to grab yourself a tasty craft beer at one of the many breweries of this closest Colorado town. Is it A, Denver, B, Fort Collins, or C, Boulder, Colorado?
4: (laughs) You might have to do a dash after
6: it. Ah, yes.
1: Oh, Oh, that's, that's a little too highbrow.
6: Yeah. yeah, see, see. I, I don't, Greg, I'm sorry. <laughs> Over the shoulder, <coughs> folder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was um, advised to, to, to see a yeah, <laughs> boulder. Exactly, there we go. That's correct. The
1: answer is boulder. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the crowd.
3: Yeah. I really like the
1: hint that they gave, which was, it's boulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boulder. It's a very strong uh, spot. You can always very count on our class. audience to help yeah, so you out. That's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Chris Barton. Yeah. Son of a bitch. So. <laughs> well, here is your
2: third question. If you're drinking an Iron City beer or an IC Light, you may be in what city where this beer was first brewed in
4: 1861. It's multiple choice. You're good.
2: Is it A, Cleveland, Ohio? B, Buffalo, New York? Or C, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? You're drinking an that,
6: Iron City beer.
4: That's your hint right here. It's yeah. these, these two.
6: Right here, are your hint. City of Steel. You got it? If, if my history uh, class <laughs> has served me well, the the iron and steel industry was mainly in Pennsylvania. That sounds about right, right? That's, Ohio is known for nothing, really. New York, <laughs> meh. I mean... Oh. 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 There's nothing wrong with Ohio. But it's C, Pittsburgh. Yes. Are, are you locking that answer in? Yeah, final answer, yep. Yeah, okay. and you are right. correct.
0: Yes, uh, Iron City Brewing Company, a.k.a. Pittsburgh Brewing Company, has been uh, pumping out Iron City Lager since 1861. It currently operates out of the old Rolling Rock facility in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Dave, how
2: did Logan do on our quiz? We all knew Logan was a genius. That's why we brought him in to brew with us. And since he's brewed with us, our beer's gotten better. Long story short, Logan, you're a winner! (laughs) Woo!
1: Hey,
0: Logan! Well, Logan, thank you so much for playing. We'll now take a break and be back in a few with Greg, Eric, Colin, Tim, and Dave in a little game we call Brewers on Tap. (laughs)
2: Welcome back to the Brewhouse Stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. This is we, we Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer live show and podcast. I'm Dave Basaraba, and here as always is your host,
0: Chris
4: Sindrick!
0: And now a game we call Brewers on Tap. Throughout the night, our audience members have had a chance to write down a question for one, a few, or all of our panelists. Uh, We've chosen a smackerel of them to ask our panel and tap into some of that brewer and owner knowledge. Let's get started, shall we? So here's our first question. Uh, Earlier we talked about the collaboration. We made the uh, idea that there could be a a beer between Mountain Lakes and Iron Goat called Mountain Goat. Um, If you did, if you did, and it could be in honor of of the old Mountain Goat that we used to have, which closed. Uh, Paul Fish's old uh, place. Yeah. Right? So... um, If you did and you collaborated, what would that beer be? What would you make? Um, Wait. I I think that
4: probably the beer that I would like to make with you guys is. (laughs) Oh, we seem to be having some technical
2: difficulties. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like. I think he said Saison.
6: Tim loves a (laughs)
1: Saison. Uh, you know, I, that's a good—that's a good response. I mean, i, I think. Fill you know, in the blank. If you took—if you took one of our beers, right, and mixed it with none of your beers, it'd probably be a pretty good beer.
4: <laughs> you know, I was—I was actually just thinking the opposite. No, so. I have to admit, I, I probably the best part of the pilsner I've been drinking that you guys made is that I didn't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That is, that is great yeah that's actually the, the secret ingredient is free
1: yeah.
0: what about a Saison I mean somebody asked um, you know uh, can Iron Goat teach Mountain Lakes how to brew a sour yes so that would be the idea of like here's our uh, problem
2: here's our well, so the sour Saison everybody's heard element. us talk about sours at, it goes know, a, ad nauseum on this podcast but it goes, a, it goes a down the toilet it Close goes it down a, the drain yeah much like yeah. your kitchen <laughs> Yeah, so, our problem is we we can't dedicate a fermenter to a sour and have it infect possibly infect other beers that we brew in a more controlled setting. We have experimented with a bit of kettle souring with Randy over at Bellwether, and the more controlled things are what we're okay with.
4: No, I mean that makes sense. I mean, uh, so I mean you have to. I mean, in your scenario, like at Iron Goat we we have different pumps for all, everything on the wild side. yeah uh, Kettle sours is not a big deal because you're boiling it yeah. you know exactly. before you put it into fermentation. but yeah, yeah I mean uh, we definitely have duplicates of everything. For I, think, the sours. I think
2: the answer to the question is that Iron Goat could teach every brewery in Spokane
1: how to make sours. Right? Yeah, and pick us. We we'd love to brew a sour with you. Yeah,
4: yeah because we, we would love to brew a sour beer, but I would not take that mantle as uh my uh we we have so much to learn, uh it's not well, even funny. We, we Yeah, but
2: I there's not many sours in town that I'll actually drink and enjoy. To be honest. No joking around. Like
4: do you want to make out right now? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get
0: sour with me. So <laughs> cue the mood mu- mood music <laughs> while my
1: wife watches. Uh, you know, I mean, honestly, I, 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 we've shied away from sours partially because um, we we toyed with a lot of lactobacillus when we were opening, right? Um, accidentally, and
4: uh, uh, John, John Pretty over there is uh, clapping
1: because. Uh, he brewed a lot of those beers with us that um, were consumed by our drain, and uh, because uh, we had grain dust everywhere and lactobacillus, because we were, we did, I would say we were stupid, but actually it was really Dave who was stupid. And um, I totally,
4: totally can, I can see that. Yeah,
1: and it's like you know, uh, lactobacillus just reminds me of um, you know, heartache and hardship and near divorce and all sorts of problems, right? <laughs> So what was the next question we're doing? Yeah. Let's see. Um,
0: so uh, on that line, uh, this is a question. You obviously have a lab, I'm imagining, right? Because of. Sort the of. Amount of so how do you incorporate lab work into your process? So is that... Um, Colin? Yeah. Uh, yeah,
5: so with our lab program, um, you know, it's... A lot of basic stuff that you would have in most labs. You know, you run pH, you run gravities, um, and then we do yeast cell counts. So, if you don't, if you have a lab, get a microscope. If you don't have a microscope, you're not a lab. Uh, that's something that was totally drilled into me uh, in college. And it's, we don't uh, do
2: small stuff, though. We do,
5: yeah. We're sort of large. We do a megascope. Yeah. Well, your kitchen's in the bathroom, so it's okay. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really important to maintain um, quality products through uh, lab analyses, and, like, for me, coming from the wine world, like, I mean, like, I was an enologist, like, I ran everything, like, everything from enzymatic analyses to, you know, pH and titratable acidity, so it was like, you know. Yeah, if you, have
2: less, you have less control
5: over a wine. I mean yes yeah as soon as you pitch it well a lot of stuff is like native which I actually found was, it was so like it's it just it's crazy because everything they teach you theoretically is just like total fucking bullshit when you come to the real world and isn't that most things yeah no it, it just okay yeah it's it's probably everything but it just I thought it was so crazy being you know freaking 23 24 years old right out of school being like I know everything and then you come into the world and the industry and you're just like, nah, that's not right. Every but,
2: day I exist, I realize I, I know less.
5: Yeah, you're completely full of shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but the more full of shit you get, the better your stories are. Yeah, confidence sells. Like uh, me. Yes. Our the asshole. old wise man. <laughs> the old full of
4: shit guy. Um,
5: but yeah, we, we, we do uh, very consistent work with our lab. And I mean, you know, it's small, but
0: it, it works really well. Um, Anyway, uh, it says here. uh, So brewers do a lot of cleaning. How important is it to brewers to make sure their product is presented well in the marketplace by making sure their purveyors have clean faucets and lines? Are you okay? I'm pretty sure
4: I know who wrote this, Eric Crow, but sitting over here. Yeah, it's really important.
0: It's really
2: important. In fact, it was really important in the first, the first two years. We didn't do a lot of wholesale because we only brewed three barrels at a time, so you had a keg or two that was available, uh, and then a flavor would become a hit at a festival or something, and you'd get six bars that called, and really it was like the first two that called, I would just be like, okay, we can we can do a half barrel for you and a half barrel for you. Uh, there are two restaurants uh, in town that we I delivered to and then took the kegs home, and I, I just won't name them because that's that's not necessary, but... So it
0: was was related to draft line system issues? Yeah. yeah. I I just went
2: in and I saw their back of house and I saw the the way that they treated beer and I was like, nope, I'm sorry, I'll buy this cake back from
4: you. What a convenient excuse, Dave. Uh, Anyways, the... uh, (laughs) uh,
2: (laughs) Really, it was three days later they called me and said, no one likes your beer. (laughs) So I bought it back.
1: I don't and know. I about, I, say,
2: oh, it's because
4: your dirty lines. I'll drink it at home. Yeah. God. I'll drink it with Greg
1: Brandt down the street. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the first brewery that's Meaner than us. It, it makes us get sad. used to it. I mean, it makes us really sad. Thank you. No, 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 no. You guys are really. Sad. Can we end this interview, Chris? So. I don't know.
0: I was just thinking, Next like, question. your relationship with Iron Goat is like my relationship with you. Like, it's just one of those. Yeah, it is. It's just this banter, but I think there's love there. But there's a whole lot of hate as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Mostly hate, but yeah, yeah. We'll
1: have, a little bit. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. kind of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I will yeah. say
4: that clean lines have to be out there. I mean, and honestly, I'm not, I, I called him out before, but Eric Crow here, uh, he's uh, out there, you know, busting his ass, going down to every bar and uh, getting them to clean their lines we appreciate it as brewers, very much so. Uh, we want our product, you know, out there in the best form it can be. And you're one of the people that's actually out there helping us
0: put good beer out there. Way to go, Eric. Cheers. Well, and here's a little uh, a little joke that he's decided to share with us, too. Uh, what does a janitor say when he jumps out of the closet? Supplies. Oh. Ah. Thank him for that joke, thank you.
4: Ah. All right, so I take back every nice
0: thing I've ever said. Um question, why did you start this podcast? Quick answer. And why is, haven't you quit it? Why haven't you quit it second follow-up when the PS your dad jokes suck? I, I started this podcast because I told Dave, I'll do the podcast as long as you say, and here's your host, Chris Cindric, and I get applause, and then my life is good for about a month, <laughs> and then I can live off of that, and when the world beats me down, usually in about a month, I'm coming back here, and then three times a night, I get applause, and that sustains me for another, for another month. That's days. pretty much it. And I'm like, do yeah. we have an agreement? Yeah. And they are like, hey! So it's basically to preserve my mental health from all the beatdowns I get in
2: the world. Actually, we started this podcast because we used to brew an American wheat, which we haven't brewed in a while. But it was called Wheat, Wheat, Don't Tell Me, because that's our favorite NPR game show. That's a limited slice of the pie as it is. But... Chris came to us. We were doing an event for we Mobius. We did an event. We
0: did a Mobius event. It was called For the Love of Science and Beer. Yeah, and it was the science of brewing and yeah. how beer is made. And, and it was then a... I, we did a little Wheat Wheat spin-off because you had the beer on tap. Yeah. And then we tried it out, and I did a little corner session. And it was like, hey, we, it was actually Amanda. And I think your wife said. And said. What and what did wife Amanda wife say?
6: She said, you should do this on a regular basis with Chris and you as the host
0: yes and so we did it and we turned it out i I then what was a number of months later i said hey guys i i listened to to wait wait don't tell me i followed their script i wrote a a general outline for a show and then we looked at it and we said let's do this I, i
1: remember being at the science event and i think i gave an overview of how to brew beer and then you did your show and i was like that is that is he put a lot of work in that and Unfortunately, he's talking to three people. Yeah, it didn't. He probably it, it didn't spent sh- about forty hours writing. No, it was trip. a lot of work. It was, and yeah, we didn't for-
0: have a good showing for the pot because remember their PA system was pathetic. Yeah, it was. So yeah. nobody could hear. Yeah, anything. yeah. <laughs> so.
1: That's right. Um,
0: what's one piece of brewing equipment you don't have but would buy
3: if you could in a heartbeat? Uh, we've been talking about a reverse osmosis for. Quite a while that just allows you to have a lot of control over clarity and just everything. Water, water profile, chemistry, water, profile. water chemistry, pH. Yeah.
2: yeah, we we we. I mean, adjusting water is you know, it's awesome. It is awesome. We're one of the only nano breweries in town that we know that does it, and the most of them laugh at us for doing
4: it. Um, in Spokane, it's. I mean, the water here is it's too it's, hard too It's very alkaline. difficult yeah. Yeah. and uh, the thing that we found really quickly was that uh, you can't I mean you can always add two but you can't take away mm-hmm. and and that makes it very hard so we're in the same boat as you guys I yeah. mean you're start, like, at,
2: start at zero is easier yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah but to try to adjust your way out is is it can be very difficult especially, as you guys can probably well,
2: speak to well especially when you're doing uh, very specific beers,
5: loggers
1: yeah well and then and then the the water profile even depending on how often you get it tested it's it's gonna vary over the course of the year depending on the snow and what's what's in the water right and so yep. yeah it's how many a, wells
4: they've opened up like yep. in the summertime they have yep. like 14 wells running in the wintertime they only have two
3: yep so the water profile changes drastically yep how deep the uh, calcification is in our HLT yeah
0: um do the panelists want to say anything um in relation to the recent closing of Hidden Mother uh, Brewing so we did we did have the closing of of Hidden Mother recently is there anything you'd like to share or
4: I think I think you know any closing of any brewery is is a bad thing uh sad thing yeah better word uh no mike uh you know he worked his ass off and uh you know, it just didn't didn't pan out in that location in that time. But I'm knowing Mike, he is going to end up strongly on his two feet, and I think he'll. I think I don't think this is the end of seeing him around. I think you're going to see him in the industry from here on. And uh, good guy, you know. So sad to see it closed down for now, but it is it is what he needs for now. So yeah.
0: Here, here. Cheers to Hidden Mother. Like a little toast, right? Cheers. Yeah. Woo.
3: Cheers. Have a beer. Cheers.
0: Uh, what advice do you
3: have for a would-be brewer wanting to start in the industry? Yeah. Well, I think you, one of the important, you have to love what you're doing. That's it. That's it. I
1: mean, it, and that's just it. It's like, you know, I think of it, it being a success because we do what we want to do and it's, it's, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who has delusions of big money and... Uh, massive success and quick success I you know I, I wish them well um, I think I think
4: I have to stop you there I mean obviously we have been talking about my massive wealth uh, about yeah you
2: guys were, you
4: guys were profitable in month three correct uh, month two actually oh, yeah. yeah sorry yeah. you stand corrected I'm sorry uh, the, uh,
1: yeah, actually, the say, first <clears throat>
4: month of beers were shitty oh it was yeah, it yeah. was terrible it was but then, so
2: hard you were pulling your hair out and Heather
4: was like how are we going
2: to make the mortgage and then by year, yeah. by month two
4: we bought a boat that's and, right uh, uh, hey,
2: an iron boat it was a yacht an iron boat an iron okay boat. okay. I,
4: just, I didn't want you guys to feel weird about it yeah but, yeah. yeah we bought a at yacht at 40 feet it's a yacht <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> our second home in Paris uh, which was great uh, yeah, I mean, oh, it, was, honestly, oui. it was, but then uh, COVID happened yeah, I mean, and we ended up like cashing in on that uh, and ended up uh, with uh, three homes in Paris. Uh, it's it's one of those things where I think if you dream, dream of the money, that's about as close as you're going to get if you're a brewer. But it's also. Uh, yeah, no, it's not an easy business. At any it's like farming.
2: I tell people it's agricultural. You have to really love doing it. If you're ranching, if you're farming, or anything, you have to really love just doing what you're doing because sometimes it's really fun and it's really great and you're surrounded by awesome people. You know, anyone but Iron Goat. And then, <laughs> and then some. Sometimes it's your wife's like, "What the fuck are you doing?"
0: And that's what you brought us on for. Well, on that note, well, folks, it's closing time. Earlier this week, I met Dave for a pint at Iron Goat. And while we were there, we chatted for a while with one of the servers, a well-known presence in the Spokane tap house and bar scene. He has worked for a number of establishments over the years, from Jones Radiator to Logan Tavern. He chatted a bit about how he has managed through COVID, how things have not been easy, how he found joy and pleasure in mowing lawns and how in July he began working at Iron Goat and is starting to feel things come together again. Robert Frost has written about trying to see the bottom of the depths of a well by placing his chin on the well curb and for a moment spotting something white. He asks, what was that whiteness? Truth? A pebble of quartz? For once then, something. I find breweries, tap houses, and bars to be like Robert Frost's well, full of people with stories to share. If we only take the time to look long enough and deep enough, we may find glimpses of something, maybe even truth. So head on down to your local brewery, have a beer, place your chin on the well curb, and stay and talk a while to the folks around you. And if you happen to find yourself at Iron Goat, be sure to buy the kitchen staff a beer and ring the metal triangle. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for tonight. Thank you. Thanks to our special guests, Greg Brandt, Colin Patterson, and Eric Altman of Iron Goat Brewing. And today, Boss Robin, Tim Hilton of Mountain Lakes Brewing Company, thanks to our wonderful servers, Brian and Tom, and thanks to all of you for being here. I am Chris Sendrick. Good night and joy be to you all.
4: Drink up.